but we'll definitely have to talk about that at some point um, throughout this episode. But we can kick it off. Welcome back to, oh, here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks. And I'm John Young. Each week, we talk a little bit about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or a nonprofit organization. It's funny, I had breakfast with a friend this morning, and she was like, how's your podcast going? Oof, marketing? Oh. (laughs) And I was like, oof. It is sometimes oof. It is. But most of the time, it's oop. Um, So this week, we're going to have our first, I guess, sort of like part two episode. Um... So we want to continue the conversation from episode six, where we talked about some of our favorite marketing tools. In that first episode, we talked a lot about free tools that we use and how much we love them and how amazing they are. Um, And we briefly touched on paid tools. And today there are a couple more free tools that I'd like to discuss. And then I kind of want to get into some of the paid tools that Shoutout Design has invested in. And then we use those across a lot of clients. Um, work. Um, so just want to dive in and share information. Um, so yeah, did you guys have any follow-up thoughts from the tools that we talked about last time? Or are you ready to dive into the new ones? I like them. You That's like my thoughts. Them. I like Agreed. all the tools. Agreed. <laughs> we like the tools. Um, no, let me just um, let me just give one more shout out to the color pick eyedropper thing because literally since <laughs> we last talked about it a couple weeks ago, I've I've used it like 50 times. So let me just go ahead and put that back out into the universe, how much I love that. It's literally amazing. Um, One thing we talked about briefly in that episode and we talked about in more depth in our previous episode about Google ads was kind of just the Google ads platform in general. Um, So anybody that has a Google account, you can just like log in to an ads account. Is that true? Like you can start an ads account whenever you want or does it have to be right? Yeah, Yeah, you can sign up for one. You can sign up for one and start one and it doesn't cost money until you start running ads. So you only pay, you don't pay to be on the platform. You just pay when you start running ads and getting clicks. Um, But you do have to have an account to use the tools that come within the Google ads platform. Yeah, so one little shout out to the Google Ads platform. And then we're also going to talk about another Google tool that I like a lot. So you can at least get in there and kind of like mess around with it. You can also learn a lot from just kind of like messing around with it without actually spending any money. Um, But another tool that I love from Google, and this one is free, is Google Data Studio. Um, It's organized by Google Analytics. So we've started using Data Studio a little more in 2022. Um, It's a newer Google platform, which by newer, it just got out of beta either, I think the beginning of last year in 2021. Um, I started using it when it was like brand new and it barely worked, Um, but it's (laughs) been really fun to see it grow over the years. Um, So essentially what Data Studio does is it's a free tool to help you um, organize and present data from different sources of data. Um, so the ones that it works the best with are obviously other Google tools. So um, like Search Console or Google Analytics or um, Google Ads. And we'll set AdWords. Wow, just throwing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So old. But then you can also create your own data sets. Um, like by, you can connect uh 
Google Spreadsheets or any other kind of Excel spreadsheet, or there are other ones that you can pay for connections um, and be able to present your data that way. Um, but what I love about Data Studio is that it can be as prepackaged or as personalized as you would like to create your information and to share it with your client. Um, there's a huge community now within the data studio world that they're kind of building templates that you can literally just grab whenever you want and, um, dump your own content or your own data into it and see how it presents. Um, there are like, obviously a few, like I said, connections that you may have to pay for. Um, but overall, I just think it's a really seamless way, especially when you're working with um, Google Analytics, Google Ads, Google Search Console to present your information to your client without just giving them the login to their Google Analytics account. Um, do you guys have any uh, any initial thoughts when it comes to Data Studio? Yeah, I um, I I like the ability. I like Data Studio because you can. Like you just said, Ellen, you have it's a platform to put everything together. So I certainly can log into analytics and pull these numbers or screenshot graphs for my clients and send to them and let them know different, you know, metrics that we're looking at for their website. But what's really great about Data Studio is it's a little bit more simple to read if you are sending it to a client for information. Um, and also I can put uh, statistics, metrics from analytics right alongside uh, the metrics from the ads and whatever other platforms we're pulling in. It's all in one place and it's very simple and it's, it's it's simple to use and it's simplified information. So you're only really getting what you actually want to see. So I think one of the big problems when you log into analytics, especially if you're not comfortable with it, you might be overwhelmed. Like you don't really know where to click. You don't know where to go to find the information you're looking for. And if I know, you know, that that is a metric that's important to you, I'll pull that out specifically and have it in that data studio report that I'm generating for my clients so that they're able to see those just at a glance and they don't have to worry about sifting through the endless information you can get from analytics or Google ads. So, yeah, I think it's a really great tool to use. Yeah, I was going to say what Ellie said. I'll, I'll just say it less eloquently that Google Analytics and Google ads are super complicated because you can get so much granular information. But if you don't know how to navigate that, you're going to get lost and you're just going to be frustrated and say, oh, this isn't this isn't the tool for me where the data studio can pull down just the information that you need as a business owner or our clients need, which, you know, they're just looking for how many page time or how many times was this page looked at or where did these people come from or how many times was this ad clicked and how many conversions did that ad get? And, you know, most small business owners don't have the time to get into the granular information because if they did, they wouldn't need us. So, you know, Data Studio breaks all that down into a more palatable display of information. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing to note as you, if you decide to explore Data Studio after listening to this podcast is um, Google Analytics is going through a change. So they're going from Universal Analytics UA to Google Analytics 4, which is GA4. So depending on what your website is currently using, you can be actually, you can have both of those running at the same time. Um, but depending on which one um, you pull, will change the options that are available to you within Data Studio to set up your different data sets. Um, and to present the information. So there are a few things that I have noticed at this point um, 
one of the most recent ones is um uh oh what was it oh bounce rate so they're kind of getting away from bounce rate in google analytics 4 um and they're focusing more on engagement rate um which is calculated a little bit differently um i don't remember the specifics of how right now but i know that it's calculated differently um, it's different that's all you it's need to know different um but it also kind of makes sense because when you think about, you know, why are you actually looking at the metric? So that's one thing to keep in mind, kind of going on a tangent, but that's one thing to keep in mind whenever you're using um, something to present data is what's the point of presenting the data. Um, so that's kind of why Google is getting away from the bounce rate, because, you know, if you have a landing page or something that, you know, you still completed the conversion, but you're not spending a lot of time on your site then like a low bounce or a high bounce rate might not actually be all that bad. Um, but it's kind of synonymous with a negative feeling at this point, just because of the way that we've used it for so many years. So they're kind of m more t moving toward that engagement rate, which is, you know, how long you're spending on the page. If you're clicking, if you're scrolling, all that fun stuff. Um, but is so that our word of the day, by the way, synonymous. Have I used it more than once? No, I just I haven't used I haven't heard or used that word in a while, and I just used it so eloquently and like exactly how it's supposed to be. Oh, my only you. thought was how does it, how does Ellie pronounce this word? Uh -uh. Oh, <laughs> oh, so, 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 Syn no, no. oh, synonymously, <laughs> synonymously. <laughs> no, listen, that's now the second time that you've used the word eloquent. So, all right, well, I'm a fancy guy. Yeah. You are I'm sitting here on two very individual. old tables in the dairy store with old, <laughs> old pictures behind me. That's me. I'm elegant, <laughs> fancy. So yeah, that's kind of my last thing to keep in mind with Data Studio is depending on what specific, if you're using it for Google Analytics, make sure you check if you're using Universal Analytics or if you're using Google Anal Analytics 4 um, because your options will be a little bit different. Um, and then there was a, oh, um, Google offers a, an example data set within, um, Google analytics that you can actually pull into and you can mess around with in, um, data studio. And there's no way you can break that data because it's run by Google and it's Google's tool. So you can just play with it as much as you'd like. Um, when you say no way to break something, that seems like you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, if you can figure out a way to break Google's own data, <laughs> let me know. What do, what do I get? Do I get like a like a sucker? Sure. Okay. Um, also, Sorry, one be, thing I've been feisty. going through um, a tool just to learn more about Data Studio is by Data Driven Insiders. They have um, a class that I'm actually going through and they're really good about updating their content as um, the tool updates. So just like everything else that we talk about, Data Studio is constantly being updated. Um, and so that's a really great place if you're looking for like really an in-depth place to learn more about it and see how it practically applies to your business. Um, I'd recommend checking that out as well. That is not free, but it's worth it. It is not. Um, the last free tool that I want to talk about, and then we'll get into some more of the paid options, is actually a newer tool that was um, presented to me by a client. Um, so it's called Figma. And I feel like 
tools like this are becoming more popular. I've seen them around a lot more, um, especially as so many businesses move to a work from home model or work virtually model. And they're looking for a way to um, still work with their team. Um, but they don't necessarily have a whiteboard in front of them. This is basically a virtual whiteboard, but it's the best virtual whiteboard you've ever seen. Um, (laughs) So we use Figma at this point to help map out our um, clients' websites. It helps us figure out which pages we need, what content we're going to use, what functionality we're going to need on different pages. And then um, it's highly collaborative between the team and between the client. So if you just want to show it to the client, you can just send them a link. Um, if you want them to be able to edit it as well, um, on a free Figma account, you get up to three Fig Jam boards, which is what they're called, which is just like the most millennial thing to like name a tool calling out my own generation. Um, but you can use these, you can have up to three Fig Jam boards. So if your client hasn't signed up for a Figma account yet, it's really easy to do. Um, takes them about 12 seconds and then they can, you know, comment right there, edit right there. Um, and it's not like they have to like go through a whole bunch of hoops in order to collaborate with you. Um, I think I spent the most time in Figma out of the three of us, but Ellie and John, do you guys have any thoughts on Figma at this point? Well, I guess I've never, um, so yeah, like you said, Ellen, I've never really spent much time creating a board. Um, but I have been on the receiving end. So, when we have been kind of setting up uh, an outline for a website that we've been working on, Ellen has shared with me uh, what that looks like because um, it was one of the ones that I was helping with. Um, and just being on the receiving end of that, I really and like I loved how it was presented. I loved the fact that I was able to see how these web pages were going to be laid out and how they kind of worked with one another. Um, and it was it was a really easy way to to see all of that information and then present it to the client so that they can see it as well. So I, I would say I had more of like the client perspective in that case. Um, but I did really love it, uh, compared to, you know, kind of how we used to do it. We're just laying out the content on pages and you don't really see the flow as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is, I'm a, I'm a believer in it. A believer, a believer. believer. I I mean, the name, the name is horrendous. Can we, I mean, it's not great. It sounds okay. like Figment, you do want like to the little purple letter? dragon from Disney. No, I'm not going to write them a letter. Jesus, I'm not that old. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write letters. Um, but the, 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 the cost is also, you know, not prohibitive. Uh, when you reached out and said, can I, can we approve this charge of $36 for the year? I, I was for sure that you missed a, a zero, at least a zero. Cause Software packages typically don't cost $36 a year. Um, so the fact that you guys like building in it and it seems to help your workflow, like I'm on board for it as a as a business owner. So I think it makes sense if you do organizational things like that, whether it's website wireframing or organizing a presentation, I suppose you could also use, you could fig it up. Is that what the kids say? Wow. <laughs> they, they jamming? F jamming? What are they doing? What, no what's the What's the verb for fig jam? I don't. I don't know if there is one. They have to have one in there, like knowledge base. Maybe I haven't. Like, I haven't dove into it that much at this point. What's on the like the banners in their office? Like, what does it? What does it say? Figging it up. I sounds no, I haven't like, been there. Like a negative. Like we've messed it up. You know. Like you just figged that up. I, I I figged up a little <laughs> earlier today, and I don't feel good about it. 
I'm going to say that now. I'm, I'm going to use fig. I figged up bad. I'm going to jam, guys. I figged it up. <laughs> oh, look at that. Love I do it. really like it, too. I think now that we have it, I see a lot of other opportunities to use it as well for, like, brainstorming um, or just, like, like John was saying, different ways to, like, organize your thoughts in general because um, mm-hmm. there's, like, basically no limit to how big the board is, too. So, um and you can put in images and you can link out to things and you can color code them. And it's really fun. And it's so much faster. Okay. I feel like – I don't know if this is true. I'm making up a stat. 68% of stats are made up on the spot. Um, <laughs> that, was an, that was an old person joke. Um, but – what I love about Figma is it's very, very visual. And I feel like the majority of the population is visual, um, visual learners, or that's just how they take information in, in general. Um, so the way that we used to present website maps to clients was, um, in a spreadsheet and that works really well for my brain and John's brain. And that's, I think probably it in the entire world. Um, so I think, it's helpful to have a more visual way to show how the different pages go together, especially if you don't like live in websites day to day. And like, this is the only time you're ever going to look at a website map. Um, it's much easier to see, okay, this is how this page connects to this page, or these are the sub pages that we need under this topic. Um, instead of just, you know, seeing another spreadsheet. So those are my thoughts. I always know it's a, it's a good tool when Ellen starts talking to me about it and she's like so excited. Like it's like she's a kid on Christmas morning. Uh, that's when I know it's going to be good when she just can't even contain her like excitement and happiness for something. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm I mean, love she this. just said this. It's so fun building fig jams. I know. Yes. I'm like, about to. I'm sure even the people at fig jam don't say it's, this is fun. They're like, this is a job. We came up with a solution to where there was a problem and we make money from it. Well, I just. I love my job and so opportunities to make my job more fun. Look at, look at you turning it on me to make me look like the the Scrooge here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) I do what I can. I am about to use it though. Um, 100% for a personal reason. I'm planning my future sister-in-law's, uh, shower. So I'm going to use it to like plan out everything and it's going to be awesome. So you can also use it for that. Let me ask you a question. Are you the person that takes like a group trip that, that has a spreadsheet for that group trip about what everyone should bring? And I don't know, maybe I'm going on a group trip this weekend. She might've done it recently. Well, I, this trip that I'm actually taking tomorrow, I did not send them a Google sheet. I sent them a Google document with options that they could choose from for different parts of the day for what we're going to do. That answers my question. So. Thank you. <laughs> but no further questions, Your Honor. No, no further questions. Thank you. They all appreciate it, so they're not going to do it. Mm. They do. They've at least told me they do. I mean, it, it, they probably also know that if they said it to you in a negative way, it would hurt your feelings. So. Yeah. Uh, they're just good friends. No, I don't I mean, necessarily I would, care I would say about I making – I don't necessarily <laughs> I don't care, care if I made the decision. I just want somebody to make a decision. There you go. That's fair. I'm totally in your boat. See, you you and I are alike in that way, but I just don't want to spend the time actually organizing it. Mm. Yeah. Like I want it to be organized. I just don't want to do it. Right. That's how I entered your life. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that yeah, is it. that's so that should be fun going to Pittsburgh. That's a total side tangent. Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. 
y'all should visit. We're talking to our audience. I think you two have been there. Um, uh, I have a not. Long, long time. Yeah. It's real been. cute. I've heard it's great. I hear good it, things about it. Yeah, it gives off big like Cincinnati Dayton vibes. The worst. Yeah, we do not like their football team. <laughs> we um, don't like the sports teams in general from that city. But yeah, that's true. Don't true. like their hockey team, baseball team, whatever. I don't care. Kayaking's about. really fun though. They have a kayaking team. No. Are we but talking about can, software? You can kayak. Are we talking about kayaking? What what happened to this podcast? <laughs> Any hoodle. I have blocked off a third of the restaurant for us talking about kayaking. Everyone's giving me angry eyebrows. Let's get let's get to the meat. <laughs> so here are so we talked about the rest of the uh, free tools that we like, and I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the paid tools that we use. Um, let's go ahead and start with the Adobe Suite. So this one might be the most expensive one on our list. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Basecamp is close. Really? Yeah, Adobe's probably... Adobe's, well, Basecamp's like a thousand. I think I think, I think think Adobe's... Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Basecamp is... Yeah, I mean, I think Adobe's five, 590, 690 a person a year. So, I mean, we've got at least two accounts out there. So, you're, mm-hmm. I guess in that way, you're right. To- in total amount, yes, for us. But if we were to steal and share share an account with Adobe, we'd be less. Well, you can have two two devices on one Adobe account. Yeah, but it's really gray on whether it's like you and a buddy's device. I don't think they want that. It's like Netflix sharing oh. anymore. I thought I think it was like, like actual, I think it's like, like your this computer and this this computer. Like I have some on this laptop, and then I have also got actually I probably have three devices now. I'm probably breaking the rules. I just admitted to software fraud. Because I've got a laptop and two other computers, so I'm I stealing. Was about Sorry, to Adobe. Admit to it. I will pay you. <laughs> well, at least you guys. At least it's anymore. just you. Like you know, at least you're not like. It's not other people. Like it's all you. They're just your different devices. It's true. I'm pretty right? sure it, like logs you out on the other device if you like are using more. It than does. Two. Yeah, they've gotten yeah. a little. They've gotten a little bit more sophisticated, and they're trying to keep you from thievering. Yeah. But Adobe Suite, so I feel like on on the day-to-day, I use it primarily for um, just, like, PDFs and stuff like that. And then, um, like, I use Photoshop every now and then, and then I use um, Illustrator every now and then, especially when I need, like, uh, I need to make an update to a graphic or something like that for somebody's website. Um, It basically, like, fills in the gaps that Canva can't do. Um, particularly within like Photoshop and Illustrator. There's a lot in Adobe that I don't know at this point that I'd like to know. Um, so I think it's kind of like, it's a nice to have. It it solves problems for me that another tool can't solve, but I can't say that like I absolutely live in there every single day because I'm not a designer. Um, so those are, that's kind of my initial thoughts with Adobe. So I uh, worked extensively in the Adobe suite in my previous job. Um, I'm definitely not a graphic designer, but I never used Canva. I always used the Adobe suite. Um, and one thing that I'll say, like, I did really love it. It was weird transitioning to not having it. Like, not ever, I, I never use it. Like, I don't have it. I don't have a login. So it's like, it's not, it's weird to me. Like, it was a weird transition just because I was so used to using that platform and never using Canva. Um but I will say if you, it is a little, no, it's a lot 
more technical and it is harder to learn uh, and utilize if you don't have the time, the knowledge, or the will to do so. Um, It is a little bit more difficult, but the capabilities are wonderful. So if you do know how to use it and you are trying to, um, you know, make different graphics for whatever purpose or, um, you know, do whatever with different photos, um, it is, it's a wonderful tool, but it is a little bit, there's a little bit of a learning curve there. For sure. Yeah. I, um, I started learning Photoshop when I was, uh, in my, uh, four year college hiatus when I did a little community college for myself, I learned how to do uh, Photoshop. I Photoshopped myself and Kelly was my girlfriend at the time, uh, in Russia in red square. Have I showed you guys that picture? No, I don't think so. I have to show you that picture because I mean, this is like one of my first Photoshop projects. And if I didn't tell you that I Photoshopped it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys went to Russia. But we, <laughs> we, we took a picture of us in winter coats in our backyard in July. And then I took that and Photoshopped it in front of a, a couple that was like kneeling in Tiananmen, not Tiananmen Square, that's China, uh, Red Square in Russia. And like, you can't see that they were in, in the foreground. Like, so I, and I, I did the lighting right. I mean, it looks, it looks really great. Let me just say that. <laughs> so I, I learned how to, I learned Photoshop first and I, I built a lot of our original uh, young stuff, like uh, our menus, our signs are all in Photoshop because that's what I learned. But Illustrator is actually a better tool for that kind of stuff. So illustrating, mm-hmm. illustrating, you know, it's like they named it illustrator. So because mm-hmm. it was good at illustrating. Um, but they've got a whole suite of tools. They've got like 20 different little software packages mm-hmm. that, you know, for video editing, for, for, hello, for audio editing, um, for, uh, photo storage. Uh, but for, I think most of the people that we would talk to, like I would say our clients, Adobe suite is far more complex than what they need, mm-hmm. but it filled a gap because there weren't services like Canva that were available. You know, there mm-hmm. weren't like web, web-based photo editing or web-based illustrator making software packages out there so they they couldn't they couldn't have that so adobe filled a filled a gap but now that it's super expensive it's not for everyone mm-hmm. what i do love about the adobe suite too is that um there is a solution to whatever you want to do you just don't know how to do it yet um so Google kind of always ends up being your best friend as well um if you don't know how to do something just google it there's probably a few videos on how to do whatever you're trying to do um Mm -hmm. but yeah if you're just i would say like if you're just doing like social media graphics or like you're putting together like a flyer every now and then um you may not need like the adobe suite you may not need like photoshop or um illustrator and you can get by with canva but like i said there are some things um that like canva just can't quite do um Mm -hmm. where the adobe suite kind of fills in um and then obviously like having Acrobat for PDFs and combining key PDFs and all that fun stuff is great. That's true. That. Acrobat. And you can also get each of those little packages by themselves. Mm-hmm. And Acrobat is worth its weight in gold. So it yeah. just, it comes with the whole suite. But I mean, if you, if you were to get anything, just get that just so you can edit PDFs. Yes. Cause that's a real drag sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Any other thoughts on the I Adobe agree with myself. suite? Agreed. Okay, I feel like we've kind of talked Canva to death, but we do have the Canva paid version on here. Um, I would say the best part for me about the paid version, well, actually, there are two parts. The one is the automatic resizing. It's a dream. Mm. And then the second is being able to 
create a transparent background from an image with one click. It's mm-hmm. beautiful and it's pretty flawless. Um, so I haven't, I, I haven't I done that. I see does. you guys doing it in your in your artwork, but I haven't I haven't tried that feature out. I'd e- either do it in um, Photoshop because I'm more attuned to using that, mm-hmm. or or I figure something else out. But I will also the other great. thing about the Adobe Suite is that um, if you have one or more of them running, um, it'll sometimes sound like your computer is taking off. Um, so I don't know if you guys have that problem at all, but I do. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, resource heavy. Yeah. So um, if I'm get, just going to do something quick, then like I can now that I can do that in Canva, I just do it in Canva because it's way quicker because it's cloud based. and Yeah. Way less stressful. Yeah. With the um, paid version of Canva, too, don't you? I, I don't know because I don't know if I've ever actually used the non the free version of Canva. But do you have access? I know in the paid version, you have access to a lot of like stock imagery and a lot more like features and stuff. Um, so I think with the free version, you don't get as many or any stock imagery, right? Yeah, the paid version, there's like premium stock images. And then there's yeah. also like premium graphics and like little um, like midi- videos and stuff, which is also like mm-hmm. really, really nice. And it's all the like, good ones, you know, so like, yeah, that's one kind but of like way you said in the Oh, go ahead. If you're not sure if you want to like pull the trigger on like getting eye stock or something like that, you could start with like if you're already using Canva, you could start with paying for Canva um, and see how that is goes that where they you. get their stock stock images from? No, but they have more oh. options oh, I see. than just like, you know, one of the free vers- free stock imagery sites that we talked about. Yeah. And you you said this and or we talked about in the, the previous episode where we we're talking about these tools. Canva does what I feel is, is the right move for paid versus free is they don't take away features for the free people. They just make all the good stuff for the paid version. But you mm-hmm. can still do a lot with the free version of Canva if you're just doing like, you know, what we do is graphic design light. But if you're doing like graphic design light light or just mm-hmm. like a project, like you can get away with the free version. Agreed. Pause. Pause for dramatic effect. Billy, you can't just thumbs up. You got to tell the audience that you're thumbsing up. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to ever make these into a video thing. So. You you're going to make yesterday's into it because my hair looked good. <laughs> yesterday will be the one. Your hair looks good um, today. But it was a little bit better yesterday. Today it's a little. A little better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're not wrong. But okay. I uh, gave a thumbs up for all that you couldn't see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about a few more. I want to cover place it. I want to talk about social media schedulers. And then I want to briefly touch on project management systems before we get into our favorite section of our podcast. Um, This is what I do in meetings in case anybody was wondering. It's like halfway through. I'll be like, this is where we're going next. (laughs) I don't know if people <laughs> like it or not, but it's what you're like a my newscaster. Yeah, this is what's happened, and here's where we're going. It's true. I think it's helpful. Thank you. All right, so let's talk a little bit about PlaySit. Um, John, you've had this tool since before I started working here. Um, didn't you like randomly buy it from that one thing that you use? <laughs> yep, I've been trying to think of the name <laughs> of it since you started talking, and I can't. Uh, code no. Uh, not gonna remember. Mm, I'll nope. put it in the notes. 
But you bought, like, you paid for one seat. I did, yeah. And then it's just yours yeah. forever. AppSumo. AppSumo. Like <gasps> AppSumo. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I uh, they're they're really good at email marketing. And so, they, they wrote me in to, like, here's a cool tool. I'm like, you're right. That is a cool tool. I'll buy it. And then the next day, here's a cool tool. You're right. That is a cool tool. I'll buy it. So, I probably bought, like, eight tools in the matter of, like, three weeks. And then I paused, t- tapped the brakes. I still buy some tools from here and there. But... Um, what they do as a brand is they reach out to software companies or software companies reach out to them and they buy a bunch of seats from that software company. So they buy like a thousand licenses and then they sell them at a discount. And so software companies happy because they sell a thousand seats right away. Uh, AppSumo's uh, happy because they're selling them at a premium, obviously, from what they bought from the software company. But they've got a lot of different tools on there that um, even some of the tools that they have on there, I've seen in the wild, like advertised by themselves, uh, but sometimes they'll have great deals on them. So place, it's one that uh, I got pretty early on that allows you to, to take a logo and put it on a shirt. So you, know, you can say, um, here's my logo and here's what it would look like on a, on a sofa or here's what it looks like on a coffee mug. And it's like a stock image of someone holding a coffee mug. And then all of a sudden your logo's on it and it looks like you had a legit photo shoot. Um, it also has a logo builder, which I've used for a couple of like, I can't do logos, but I can use this little software tool to make logos tool. Um, it's not something we do or sell, but it's just something that, you know, client says, I need a logo and I don't have any money. I'll tell them it's not going to be great, but I'll do it for you and I'll use this tool to do it. And then they're generally happy with it. Or they say, well, fine, uh, this this was not good. I'm going to go pay someone to do it, which is also fine because as long as they're happy, I'm happy. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty cool tool. It's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's the tool that I use all the time. Uh, but it serves its purpose. I actually I really, just used it today. Oh, you did? There you go. What for? Yeah, I did. I haven't used it in a while, but I just used it today to create a graphic for an ad. Yeah, I really like like how seamless it looks for putting like a screenshot of something on a phone or on a computer. I feel like that's how I end mm-hmm. up using it the most. That's um, how I used it, yeah. That's what the picture was. Canva can kind of do it, but it doesn't look as realistic as place it mm-hmm. um, i forgot about those yeah because that's that's where i used the most of it was was building our portfolio pages mm-hmm. yep. and take a website and put it on a phone and it looks like a cool person's holding the phone while drinking a big cappuccino with a little leaf in it <laughs> all right so that's place it let's move on to social media schedulers um so if you guys had to like choose your very favorite social media scheduler which one would it be? And you don't have to say the one that we currently use because I wouldn't say that that one's my favorite, but it works. I don't know if I really like any of them, to be honest. I mean, I can't say that I've had like a significant experience with many of them. Um, I've used Hootsuite before. It was, yeah. I don't hate, like I like the one that we use now. Um, and then of course I like just the OG um, scheduling platform on Facebook that you can schedule your Facebook and Instagram posts. I think it, the it, it it's been kind of seamless. It's worked really well. So um, I can't can't hate on that one. Yeah, the I, the ones I've had experience with are Loomly, Buffer, Hootsuite, Sprout. There's another one, but I can't remember. I mean. HubSpot also has like a social media scheduler within like the entire like CMS. Um, I have a love hate with HubSpot though. You do. So, yeah, Loomly's fine. I'm glad you found it because it it makes sense for the size of our, you know, the amount of social media networks that we're doing, especially for 
being able to schedule Google My Business posts because that you can't you can't find that hardly anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hootsuite was fine. It's expensive, especially mm-hmm. if you're you're someone like an agency that you're managing more than ten different brands, which three or four different networks per brand. It gets to be super costly, at least for what we charge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think I tinkered with Buffer for a little while too. There was there was another one I've used that I can't think of that was okay as well, but they're all just fine. As I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, all you need out of a social media scheduler is, for us is to be able to literally schedule the posts. I mean, some of them get more fancy and say, it's, you know, throwback Thursday. This is the kind of thing you should post. Or it's basically like an in-house Rachel where she reminds you like it's National Chocolate Day. So you should post yeah. something about chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like that's nice, but we have a Rachel. So I don't need to pay a software for Rachel because I already pay Rachel for being Rachel. So, I mean, really, I, I need something simple and Loomly is, is simple. Like it it's, does the things that I need it to and it doesn't fail very much. It fails sometimes, but not, you know, not an indefinite amount of times. So. Yeah, I'd say what I look for the most out of a social media scheduler is reliability um, in posting. Um, and Loomly has been like the most reliable that I've experienced. It's not necessarily like the cleanest user experience I've ever seen from a scheduler, but um, I don't have to worry about, you know, all now I say this and it's not going to work anymore, but I don't have to worry about all of our accounts randomly breaking on a Sunday afternoon. Um, And I feel like that's kind of what we started to run into with Buffer um, is the connections weren't all that great, um, especially with LinkedIn and um, Twitter. Um, And then, you know, some of them offer like previews of what the post is going to look like, but you know, since all these social media channels are updating so frequently, it's not always all that accurate. So like we said in the previous episode, um, if you can use Facebook for scheduling your Facebook and Instagram posts, then just use them um, and don't take up seats on whatever social media scheduler you're using. Um, And then make sure before you sign that dotted line for the account that that social media scheduler can actually connect to all the channels that you need it to. Because um, mm-hmm. like John said, that was our biggest issue is we schedule Google My Business posts for our clients. Um, and many of them either don't have that connection or um, it's not, uh, it doesn't present itself very well. Because um, Google My Business has really set um, call to actions and you can't change it. Um, and a lot of the schedulers, they'll just like include the link in the body of the text are in the body of the post instead of actually like creating the button that you can have with Google My Business posts, which I think is really valuable. Um, so yeah, we get a higher click through rates on those. So mm-hmm. it's true. But yeah, if you can get away without using one or using a free version of one, like I think Sprout and Buffer both have like a free version where you can at least try out one channel. Um, Try them before you I think buy Hootsuite them. Hootsuite gives you three, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So, try yeah. Hootsuite. So, I mean, if you're just a business, you you, you typically aren't going to have more than three networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If you're just looking to do this for yourselves, like for your business, um, it is nice to be able to have a scheduler just because you can log into one place and then see them all laid out together so you know what's going out on what day and when. Um, and then it's just, it just makes it easier because you don't have to log in to multiple different places to schedule these posts. Um, and yeah, uh, like John said, if, if you're just a business and you have three platforms, um, you definitely don't need anything that extravagant to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, another thing I do love about Loomly is um, sometimes within a month, you're going to use a similar post on different channels. So say like you want to post something to Facebook and then you want to use the same link um, and maybe like a slightly different image, um, but you want to change out the text, you can uh, copy and paste to a different channel within Loomly pretty seamlessly. Um, so that just saves a little bit of time. And then you can still edit the post to make it specific for, you know, that different channel or that different calendar from there. Um, so I really like that. Um, or if you want to like have a social media blast for one day and you want to have the same channel or the same message go across all your channels, you can just click them all at once and say, yeah, I want this exact message to go across all my channels at the same time. So like, if it's like a product drop or drop or something like that. Um, and then you can just update the different images because, you know, all these channels have different pixel sizes to optimize their posts. Um, so that's really nice as well. All right, Great. let's get into our <laughs> last paid tool. This one is less marketing and just more business in general. Um, I'm a strong advocate of every <laughs> business, particularly businesses that work from home, having some sort of project management system. Um, you know, they're all a little bit different and they all solve slightly different problems. Um, we were talking at the beginning of the podcast. We all have a little bit of experience with different ones. Um, the ones I have listed are Basecamp, Monday.com, and Trello. I've also worked in um, Active Collab. At least hmm, when yes, I no. used it three years ago, I don't recommend it. It might be different. People change. Software's update. <laughs> Um, but at the time it was just really clunky and it didn't work very well and it wasn't very reliable, especially with like setting up repeat tasks or stuff like that. Um, but what has your guys' experience been with project management systems? What's your favorite? How do you feel like it's beneficial and what do you wish was in a project management system? The 72 questions, answer them all. Lots of questions. Okay. <laughs> um, a seven. <laughs> apples uh no so Basecamp. i'm i'm really happy that you brought Basecamp. and you when i brought you in that was one of your first tasks was we need one because uh we're slightly disorganized so please find one and um you gave me a couple options we looked at them i'm glad we picked Basecamp because it's it's great it, it works well for all of our team we're able to manage projects we're able to bring clients in when it makes sense to bring clients in to those projects so they can help uh interact there as opposed to like, sending emails um, we've actually brought it into Young's as well because we found success with that that shut it out. And project management system at Young's seemed like the most daunting thing ever to institute. But it's it's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's catching fire, but that's uh, a little bit because we we're also opening a new dairy store and that caused caused havoc and stress. So we're, we're working back on getting more involved in that. But it's great to assign tasks, accountability, gets rid of emails. I mean, all project management systems basically do that same thing. But I really like how Basecamp works. If I were to say one thing that I miss, <laughs> Ellen knows what it is. It's true. This is the third time you'll it's, talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, well, not third time today. It's the third time <laughs> I've thought about it today, but it's the only time that I brought up that we used to have Slack and it had fun GIFs and Basecamp doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can paste GIFs, but it's just not as fun. No. I wish it was more fun. It. That's what I wish. What I found is because I have to go find the gif before I post it is that then I start to think about it too much and I'm like, Oh, is this is actually funny. And then I don't post it when it probably was or like, really it funny. takes too long. And like the, yeah. the comedic timing is off, you know, and exactly. It's 
Exactly. And this is yes. what I try to do in my life is have great comedic timing, not in my podcast, but in my normal life. <laughs> yes. So but other than that, it's, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> it's true. But I, I love Basecamp. I haven't had, um, much experience in any other platform. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I worked in Monday a little bit, but I don't know enough about it to really talk about pros and cons of that platform. But Basecamp, um, coming into a an agency where you work, we work 100% remote um, and, and jumping right into that platform, it was so helpful because I had never worked, had a, a remote job before. And so that was one of the things I was worried about is just like, am I just going to be just like floating, floating through life now, like with no direction or not really knowing what's going on or having no contact with my team. Um, that was something I was worried about. You know, I love to have interaction and like everything be kind of team oriented and work together on things. And, um, base camp kind of makes that really easy. So the way that you can set up the different projects or, um, the different communication avenues, it's really nice. And it, it kind of it feels like we're still working like all together and we're not just sitting alone doing our own thing all the time. So I do really like it. And it does keep me like on track. The to-dos are nice and I get much satisfaction out of checking things off. Um yeah. and I'm even the person that like even if I do something really quick, like if something comes in or like I'm like, oh, I need to like do this. Um I'll create the task and then mark it off just so that I can have could have checked something off because oh, it's so satisfying just to be able to be like done and feel accomplished. So yeah, that's me. That's I like to I I'll create to do lists like I used to create to do lists just like on paper and I would write like the dumbest stuff on there just so I knew I could like have something to cross off like every hour as I was working. <laughs> Oh yeah, what I love too about doing that, Ellie, is that um, I I hate getting to the end of the day and I'm like, what even did I do today? Like, I what know. did I even accomplish? Um, right. But what you can do with Basecamp is you can go into your activity and you can be like, oh yeah, I like spent the whole morning like putting together this beautiful website map. Like that's why I feel mm -hmm. like I didn't like check mark a lot of things because like I was putting together like all of this content. Um, mm -hmm. So. I love I love a project management system for that, but the one thing I will say I've worked I've worked in a few different companies now with a few different project management systems, and um, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is going to sound so cringy and so hre. <sighs> it doesn't matter what tool you have if you don't have a culture of information sharing in your company. Um, Deep I know, I like but it. if you have a culture of information gatekeeping across your team, it doesn't matter what tool you use. It doesn't matter how many meetings you have. It doesn't matter, you know, how many Slack channels you have. Um, you're still going to have miscommunication because people are still going to feel like they're just, you know, feeling the need to be in it for themselves or keep information to, their, to themselves. I actually um, have a, is a former client at a different company that all they had was Slack channels for different projects. And so it was just like a running conversation about one project and like random video messages, random documents. And one, it was so disorganized. They would constantly lose information and have to ask for it again. And then two, it was a lot of, hey, so-and-so, can you give me this? Hey, so-and-so, can you give me this? And that person not being willing to give it or, you know, sending it in an email. So it's somewhere else. Um, 
So before you embark on setting up a project management system, I recommend making sure that like your your team is actually prepared to work together and has that that mentality and all they're looking for is a way to have a shared brain. Um, but mm-hmm. they're already willing to have that shared brain. That's <laughs> my thoughts. It's just my thoughts. This other this other client via your previous business and their Slack channels, did they have fun GIFs within the long running they weren't that funny. amount of text? No? Okay. They weren't well, worth I, I agree. It wasn't it wasn't to be. Yeah. But depending on which one you want to use, you know, Basecamp's great. It's $99 per month. Um, and that's it. Like you can have as many projects as you want. You can have as many seats as you want. Um, and they are really good. I feel like we talked about this um, a while ago when we were talking about social media. Um, but they're really good about letting you know when they're going to make updates. Um, so Basecamp used to roll out like huge, complete new updates. So there was Basecamp, Basecamp 2, and now we're on Basecamp 3. Um, what they found is that their customers hated that. Um, so instead, they do incremental changes. They give you a little bit of a heads up of when it's going to happen. And then they also give you a heads up of, hey, here's what we changed. Here's a walkthrough of it. Here's a video of it. Here's a whole paragraph explaining it and why we did it. Please let us know if you like it. Um, and so I really do... I like the way that they share updates. Um, Trello, I've spent a little bit of time on. I could see myself using that. I don't know. Um, it feels a little more spreadsheet-y than Basecamp. Um, I have not spent a lot of time in Monday.com, but I have seen their marketing, and their marketing is beautiful. So yeah. I do appreciate all the they get you. They the get ads. you with that marketing. Mm-hmm. Their yeah, their ads are. Anytime you search anything relating to project management, Monday's like, hey, we're the alternative to whatever you were just searching for. Yeah. At least, like, from what I can understand from the clients that I know that do use Monday.com versus, like, Basecamp is it seems like Basecamp is a little bit more like an iPhone and Monday.com is a little bit more like an Android. So Basecamp, like, you have basically your set tools and this is how it looks and this is how it's going to operate. And so if our solution fills your problem, great. But with Monday.com, it seems like you can get a little bit more specific with how it's built. Um, so, like, you know, your problem might be a little bit different and you can customize it a little bit more is at least kind of what I've gathered. Um, so it's kind of like Coke and Pepsi. Like, they're both great for different reasons and you can have a preference. Um, no, they're Coke not. Is the correct option. Yes, it is. In case you're wondering, it is. Pepsi sucks. <laughs> Yes, yep, it does. Agreed. Wow, that's the first. I think that's the first time we've all universally agreed. With agreed. Something. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, that's hilarious. Although um, I'm a Dr Pepper is a Pepsi brand, and I prefer Dr Pepper over all of them. Oh, uh, really? I know okay, it's not listen, for everyone. I like I love I like Dr Pepper a lot. And when I was a kid, it has a special place in my heart because we used to always drink Dr Pepper. It was my favorite. Drink. But like when we're talking like Coke or Pepsi, like. I get so offended when a restaurant has Pepsi products. I hate it. Oh, same. The only the only pop I'm going to have is a Coke unless I'm having a root beer float. Same. Did you guys see the – I think it was a TikTok video. At least it was some kind of social media video where uh, the, the wife laid out a Coke, a Diet Coke, a Coke Zero, a Pepsi, a Diet Pepsi, and something else. And I did he did see a it. Blind taste, he did a blind taste test. Oh. And he nailed it seven for seven. And it was, really? it was, it was a man? great. He, yeah, it was a guy. It was the wife did it for the man. 
At least that's the one I saw. They might they might have it might have been the man. I watched the, one the where like the wife was the one drinking them and and guest. It might might have been the same couple, and they just they just reversed it. That's okay, funny that she got this. all seven too. But it was it, it was so really fun. I mean it was great. Like he was tasting. He's like definitely Coke, and then he had the Coke Zero, and he's like, no, that's Coke. Like he. He went wishy washy on all of it, but he ended up seven for seven. It was pretty impressive. I mean, there was one to me. The, to me, Pepsi and Coke are like clear different tastes, but like, yeah, Coke Zero is pretty close, especially if you're drinking like four other pops like with it. But like Diet it Coke just, is pretty different from like pop. regular Coke. Diet Coke is a stark difference. Diet Coke Diet yeah. has my heart. It has it controls my life. <laughs> I would give I would give my soul to Diet Coke. I might have already done so. Um, <laughs> do you guys We've remember at the ballpark? At, 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 oh, so good. <laughs> do you guys remember you the ballpark when you would like mix together all of the sodas at once? Yeah, suicide. suicide. Oh, yeah, so good, so bad for you. Yeah, not that now. Was my story. No, I would probably not hate not it now. But when I was a kid, I loved it. It was the best. I remember during. It's been a long time. We've been Pepsi here at the farm, um, but I remember when we switched from Coke to Pepsi. We had customers saying, "I'm never, I'm never coming back because oh. you have Pepsi products." Like, it's a little extreme. Not, you just not drink pop. I mean, it was a, seems yeah. like a thought. Yeah. Or just like have a water or a lemonade or a milkshake. Like the milkshakes are the same. We yeah. don't get our milk from Pepsi it's or true. Coke. So, I completely forgot that you guys even had Pepsi products, and that speaks to your dairy products because I don't even. It's like I don't even think about yeah. I don't. A Diet Coke when I'm I don't ever because get I just pop eat ice cream. There. It was a positive. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Gonna, I thought it was going to be a negative, but it was a positive. No, okay. I know. I, I never literally, want pop if because I'm have ice cream. You two have you two have beaten me down so much that I think when you're starting a sentence, it's just going to end. In you a get negative nervous. Yeah, I know. I, I understand. I apologize, but okay. no, this is a positive. It's um, I I normally would be very upset with an establishment for having Pepsi products over Coke products, um, but I don't even really realize it when I'm there because I don't really beverage, care much. Our about other that. beverage options are so much greater. They are, and you guys have. Um, the Sobe thing, the Sobe tea. That's true. The the pomegranate Sobe water is. Yeah. I do wish really your is. free water glasses were a little bit bigger because it's like a shot glass. It is. I, I'd be refilling that like five times while I'm eating my chicken tenders. That's yeah. true. Any right. hoodle. Speaking of um, what grinds <laughs> your gears, John, for switching from Coke to Pepsi. Pepsi. What Pepsi. Gr- That's what grinds my gears. No, Pepsi and no gifs. Yeah, no, yeah, Slack being, being, it's, it's actually funny. I'll, I'll get to my grinds and my gears, but Slack uh, doesn't give you your money back when you, when you pay for the year. So because I've reduced the amount of people on the Slack team just to just me, like I'm going to have Slack by myself for like four years, I think. So it's, I, if I wanted to, like, I don't, I don't think I have it installed, installed on any devices, but I could just like be on there by myself if I wanted to. Well, you know that we can now for good, ins- for good old we times. Can connect Slack to different projects in Basecamp. That's true, and I, I did that for a while when, when you made, made us get rid of it. Well. Like, I just no, you yeah, couldn't it do great. it at first. Yeah, you can. It's like a seamless, like, like it's like another tile now is the way you can set it up. Oh no! I was using Slack as like a notification system for like WooCommerce orders. Oh, like I, would get I remember little, that. Slack, yeah. I'd get a little push noty, as the kids say. If uh, but no, you can like actually connect the channel. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Within Basecamp now, like within a project. I don't th- we definitely don't need both. You're, I mean, no, we don't you, need here, both. Hear but... me, hear me, Ellen. You were right. We don't need both. 
It's a great day. Enjoy that. That's what that's what grinds my gears is when I have to admit that someone else was right when I wanted them to be wrong. That's what grinds my gears. No, You're what welcome. grinds my gears is is emails. Just just emails. Too many too many emails. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. we, we're dealing with something today where one person sent like six different emails to six different people about the same issue that could have been resolved with just one email. Mm. Just just one. Not not this many plus one. I'm making I'm making a visual because we're not going to make this a video. This oh six. yeah. Six. I, this is why I like this is why I like our tools. I like our base camp because I don't get as many emails. Mm-hmm. I do get a lot more pings, uh, but that's fine because pings are like just little one-offs. I don't have to sort them. I just answer them or don't answer them or I send a little smiley face or I send a thumbs up and that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to be CC'd. Uh, I don't want to be BCC'd. I don't want to be just looped in. I uh, Just send me emails when I, when I have to get emails. If you're outside of my base camp, I mean, you guys don't send me emails, which it's is true. weird because I used to get emails a lot from like people on my team and now I just get like, I, I do get CC'd on emails that you guys send out that you want me just to be aware of. So those are okay. But overall, I don't need to, I don't need record keeping on emails anymore. So figure, let's figure out a way. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these like email has to die type of guys, but let's figure out a better way overall for, for mm-hmm. email. And I also like, if you are having an email conversation, because I think we're really good about not doing emails like amongst our team, like back and forth, which is wonderful. Everything kind of lives in base camp. But like it gets hairy when you're talking to a client that maybe like Ellen and I are working on together and then somebody along the way doesn't like reply all and then communication like kind of falls off somehow. And then I'm having to relay information because the client didn't click reply all. Um, And then also when that communication, here's a little hot tip, (laughs) which I am guilty of doing this too. But like I look back and I'm like, this never should have gone this far if you are emailing back and forth with someone and that chain gets longer than like three replies like pick up a phone and just call them because it you're obviously not on the same page if we're having to unless we're like continuing to just work on things but if you're going back and forth of like oh no that that's not right and then you send back okay well how about this and you're like well that's not what i meant it's like okay it, it's time for someone to call the other person because Email is like text and that, you know, when you're just like texting somebody, one text that you send, it could either be you could be happy and just being excited about something, but the other person reads it and they're like, oh my gosh, is she like mad or annoyed? It just doesn't, it doesn't come across well in text. So especially if you're going back and forth on a subject, um, oftentimes it's, it's just easier to resolve that with a quick phone call or set up a meeting to discuss. I so agree, old, Ellie. Ellie. That's such an old person. Like, who calls people these days? I <laughs> love... Look at those grays popping the, out the top. It's the skunk cut. <laughs> one of my favorite things is just hopping on a call and solving a problem in five to ten minutes instead of having yeah. to message back and forth a million and twelve times. Well, because then you're not even... Like, you don't have to wait, uh, like, two business days for the reply because... Um, you know, uh, people aren't generally just sitting at their computers looking at their email 24-7. So, like, you might... Um, email somebody and they're not going to reply with an answer until maybe now. I mean, it's Thursday afternoon. They might not even reply to you until Monday morning. Um, and which it's something that could have been resolved right now. If you just said, Hey, do you have five minutes to hop on a quick call now for Ellen's sake? I'm going to go ahead and say this. Let someone know that you're going to call. Oh my don't goodness. Just cold please. call someone. Please don't, just don't be cold calling. We're not, we're not cold calling in 2022. Or any time thereafter. Um, 
we are saying, hey, this could be resolved pretty quickly on a phone call. Do you have five minutes to chat this afternoon? Yep. And then we make a quick phone call and then everything gets resolved and everything is good. Everyone's happy. That's, that's well, my thoughts. Because... I commandeered the what grinds my gears. No. Oh, my gosh. It's I fine. feel like we could talk about emails forever. But um, that's why I pick good ones. One, one thing with that, Ellie, is um, I, I normally have my phone on silent because mm-hmm. – we are so inundated with notifications throughout the day um, in this mm-hmm. modern world that, like, I have to filter some of them out if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get the work done that you hired me to do. I'm gonna need nobody to contact me for a little bit of time, right? And um, I did see this is a little controversial. I did see this TikTok that she was like, "We work in marketing. We're not saving lives." We're not on. We're not working with somebody on the operating operating table. It's okay. Yeah, and but I do true. feel like yeah. it's something that like that might be just like kind of like a harsh reality that like if I don't get back to you within thirty minutes, it's gonna be okay because yeah. I know that Shout It Out Design is so good at getting back to our clients. You know, like we don't. Like we have a policy with our support line that you'll at least hear back from us that we're working on it. We say within two business days, but it's very rarely more than a couple of hours um, that we at least let you know that we're working on it or that it's already solved. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that the problem with email is that it has become like text in the fact that people think that, oh, well, everybody has their email on their phone. And so like you can respond to an email as fast as you would respond to a text. But my email i close my email at you know 5 30 6 o'clock at night and i try really really hard to not look Plus at it again pearls. i did finally turn off my notifications for my email that took years um Good for you ellie, but i still you go look at it so what? which is not helpful uh, ellie yeah what? ellie ellie i think my speaker stopped working mm. ellie yeah turn your notes off on it. i'm no looking through the settings right now i'm trying sun goes down push nutties go down that's the rules that True. sounded so funny. It really but did. But good. my other thing with email, you were talking about the thread, Ellie. Um, what mm-hmm. also grinds my gears is when somebody randomly starts a new thread in the middle of an email conversation. Can't can't do and they, it, like go it, back and reply to something like five messages ago. Or they'll call like they'll call it a new subject line and they'll be like, and another thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Another thing to what? I have no idea what yeah. you're talking. Like, what right, are like you? This has gotten like completely <sighs> away from us. No, there's and... a reason that email is threaded because you're keeping the message of exactly. what you're doing in one. I will you know, say I know that not all email services all work all that well together. So, like, my husband uses Microsoft for his email, um, and like it's set up very differently. It organizes things very differently. And like if you have email chains between different email services, then like things can get kind of wonky. So I understand that. But if we could just take a second to remember email etiquette, I would appreciate yes. it. That's all that's all I'm asking for in this world. Yes. Little Please peace, little you. love, little email etiquette. Jeff's in my slack. Etiquette. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. All right. Well, that was a really good um, episode. Great job, guys. Um, I feel like Thanks, we could team. have another what grinds my gears about email. Now my head is just like spinning. Um, I know. Well, 
mm-hmm. we're at the limit. We can't we can't spin around anymore. If you want if you want to hop on my grinds and my gears at another episode, I welcome you to do so. Because I will the... be I will still be angry about it whenever you bring it up in a future episode. Excellent. I'll find a different a different angle, if you will, and, and yeah. chit chat about it then. But yeah. Maybe it can be like email. Is it e hyphen mail or is it one word? That is capitalize the E. Ooh, capitalize the E, or is it lowercase e, capital M, email? Ooh, when, yeah, that's, that's a when good When they started putting E in front of things, so it was lowercase e, capital, yeah. the rest of the word. Yeah, that was like an old, that's an old school way of saying email. Can we do, yeah, an, can we do a whole episode about it, please, yes. Ellen, 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 please? I think we should do one on like digital terms, <laughs> but I don't think that email's going to oh be God. on that list. It will be. We, we, okay, <laughs> if, we, if we do that episode, we need to have Rachel on because we need to have a... GIF versus GIF battle. Ugh. If you're ready Indiana to have it, I mean, you're gonna lose. You're you're gonna lose, or you're just it's gonna. It's not be a battle. I really care about winning. I will lay okay. down my sword. <laughs> All right, I, I. It's funny. Rachel brought that up recently, like that. I had said GIF the way she says GIF for a long time. Does she? And say, I switched. Does she say GIF? She says GIF. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was. I, I think I always said GIF for a while, and then I just switched to GIF just to be argumentative. You and then she brought that up, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like me." Uh, then she brought that up, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I did say Jeff, even though I've got the that Jeff peanut butter in the background at the office where it's Jeff on Where's one side, the and it's Jeff the the Jeff on the other side. Just funny, well, funny to me because I'm a nerd. But. I think I say it both ways because I don't know the correct way, so I just I say too. whichever one's on my mind at the time. I don't have a dog in the fight. I just like to make people upset. That's how Brilliant. I live my life. Agreed. Any noodles? Agreed. <laughs> Minuscule. Right. Minuscule. I'm doing good. All right. Thanks, guys. Join us next week for. Oh, here's a little marketing oh. for you. A little Oof. minuscule marketing for you. Oof. Here's a little minuscule marketing for you. Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shouted Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.